close encounters of the third kind, actual contact. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. All I gotta do is look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! The Sasquatch was approximately eight to ten feet tall. It looked very human-like, but it definitely wasn't a human. After seven years of research, I am more convinced than ever that the creature known as Nessie is a real living animal. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff. Welcome to Mysteriousnesses. I am your host, John Jay, with me. My co-hosts, as always, the Lances, Lauren and Endless Mike, Yo. and Jared Walker is here, but or if, is he? And if I'm Ooh. here, then who was phone? Coming at you like a dark horse, Katy Perry. Yeah. That's a good song. That's that's great, Mike. Thanks for, thanks for referencing an eight-year-old song. It's not eight years old. It might be. I don't know. I don't. I don't listen to that. I don't math time anymore. Yeah, only, you're too good for that. I yeah. only listen to uh, uh, electronic dance music and number stations. And num- and num- no, yeah, just <laughs> weird number stations. <laughs> I, I oh, understand them. <laughs> yeah, I understand exactly what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> they're my kind of music. Yeah, they're saying free Kesha. <laughs> free, free Kesha. Yeah. Is she still? In, I don't even know. All right, we got a great show uh, in our feature segment. We're going to be talking about Adolf Hitler's secret UFO bases in Antarctica. Not so secret anymore. Yeah, it we're was exposing more of that. An so. open secret, really. Yeah. Everybody kind of knew. Everybody kind of knew. But yeah. uh, right now, let's go ahead and uh, and check out. Uh, they 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 have confirmed Jack the Ripper's diary to be real, or oh. at least a diary of a person that claimed that confesses to being Jack the Ripper in the diary. They are confirming that it is a real diary. Well, doesn't it match up with who they, one of the people they was on the top of the list? I'm not sure. Uh, it, uh, it was discovered in 1992. The book was uh, purportedly penned by a Liverpool cotton merchant named James Maybrick, who confessed in the diary to being Jack the Ripper. Details surrounding how the book had been found were shrouded in secrecy, leading many to suspect that the diary was simply a clever forgery. However, a new book claims to have successfully traced the origins of the book back to Maybrick's home and thus strengthens the case that he was indeed Jack the Ripper. No, so, it was the prince's doctor who was Jack the Ripper. So if if this is true, though, if a cotton merchant was Jack the Ripper, uh-huh. it's like the original, well, it wouldn't be American Psycho, but it's like that, right? Yeah, he's Some just like a wealthy businessman that likes to cut up hookers. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He loves Huey Lewis in the news. He had a he extremely liked them way they were cool. He had a cotton white business card. Yeah, well, good one, Jared. Yeah, uh, nice. So, uh, so basically, the 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 book was discovered by uh, construction workers in 1992, and uh, uh, the belief their belief was uh, found hidden beneath the floorboards in Maybrick's former bedroom in the home, and then stolen when the nature of the diary was discovered. So then they tried to sell it. Uh, to like literary agents, and then after, you know, they realized that they stole it, they kind of just gave it up. Yeah. So I guess we can't see any uh, writing from this because we have to buy the book. Well, yeah, yeah. They want. They, there's a new book out about it now, but it, they they're saying uh, they can they can you know trace successfully trace the origin to the floorboards of this guy's bedroom, and so he admitted to being Jack the Ripper, and he hid the book, even after his death. Well, I mean, everyone hides their diary, though. Do you? Yeah. 
You have well, a diary? You have a diary? Do you have a hidden diary? You don't know, because <laughs> if I did, I would have hidden it. Mine is at freeopendiary.com. Okay, well, but do you ever lie in your diary? Um, I don't I never said I had a Okay, diary. if you had a diary, okay? L- l- listen here, Alex Jones, okay? This isn't a conspiracy <laughs> to find your diary. <laughs> if you had a diary, would you lie in it? Well, I mean, you are asking her if she's conspiring with her diary. That's true. Those gay frogs are going to find it anyway. Well, okay, here's the thing. You may not lie in your in your diary, but what if you like have little fantasies? Like, what if you write yourself little first-person stories? So you're saying it's Jack the Ripper fan fiction? Yes. Yeah. So you're saying this guy I was am. like stroking it and like yeah. pretending that he was Jack the yeah, Ripper? Yeah, I, I am. While killing hookers. I, yeah. I had a friend who did something very similar growing up. She would write these stories in her diary about the Backstreet Boys. Oh, she convinced yeah. you. Yeah, that yeah. You're your your friend. She, sure. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> she fucking convinced me, and I told her stories back too, but I didn't write them down. We just shared our experiences with the Backstreet Boys like they really happen. And it was cool, like... But what I'm saying is, it's like, maybe this is like Flights of Fancy type shit. Right, right. Like, first, like, <laughs> before fan, fa- fan fiction in the first person was a thing, you had to do it for yourself. Before I stabbed that hooker, just, we touched I just wrote down butts. song lyrics in my diary. Just, yeah, I you just... That that's not a real diary, then. Like, yeah, and that, a, a, th- a thousand years from now, people are gonna think that, uh... I think that Aaron Carter stole all of his songs from Jared. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were they were magnificent songs. <laughs> uh Mass. there's a there's a like almost a total eclipse coming. Uh of the heart. The great American eclipse of the heart is going to be on August 21st and uh there's actually a app that you can jump on. They want they want people that are viewing the uh, eclipse to report animal behavior. Oh. That's cuz cool. cuz you know they want to cuz this happens so rarely, you know, yeah. they want a massive amount of data, you know. I saw, hey, record your dog freaking the fuck out. I saw an article today that told the exact flight number to be on to have the best view of the eclipse. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if number? I want to be flying in a plane when that's yeah, happening. No, see that's, that's how you get like gremlins. Yeah, that seems like a fucking trick, right? Here's the right flight number. Be sure to get on this flight, like, nah, nope, not gonna. I think I, llamas are gonna act honestly, the worst. Honestly, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about it because I don't think, I don't know if in my memory I've ever experienced. Well, one. there was, um, I think there was a uh, a partial eclipse. Yeah, I think like the late '80s. I remember. Well, you weren't born then. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think the biggest that. I think the biggest one was in the late 80s. I barely remember it as a child. I remember uh, my dad gave me his welding mask to look at it oh, through. Cool. <laughs> Wait, did they say this is a solar or a lunar eclipse? Solar, solar eclipse, solar. yeah. Oh, wow. So it's so going to be in the, the middle of the day. day. Yeah, so so basically it's the idea that uh, as soon as it gets dark or starts getting dark, like the animals instinctually like switch over to like nighttime mode. And then so, they freak out. Oh, and then our cat just starts yelling at us in bed, just randomly. Yeah, but in human yeah, words. This, uh, oh, yeah, this one guy, Doug Duncan, said he was sitting on a beach. I was sitting on a beach with my back to the jungle, and if you know anything about jungles, they're not usually quiet. But to suddenly hear all those noisy birds get quiet as the eclipse got close, that was a powerful sensory experience. Like, you don't even realize how noisy like animals are Ugh. until they all shut up at and once. And it's too quiet. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you know that El Chupacabra uh, is nearby. 
he was viewing a different eclipse from a boat near the Galapagos Islands. He saw dozens of whales and dolphins swim to the surface of the ocean five minutes before the eclipse began. They hung out there until five minutes after the eclipse before returning to the watery depths. Well, to raise so each whales, other. So like whales and dolphins like just checked out the eclipse. Yeah, they're like, hey, everybody go to the surface. Yeah. Woo, it's Their fun. eyes yeah. fucking hurt for a couple hours afterwards, but they're fine. Yeah, I was reading an article about uh, one of the last times the solar eclipse happened like in the Victorian ages. They went through like what people wrote down about that happening. It was just all kinds of crazy. Like they didn't understand what the fuck was happening. People are just jumping out of windows. Yeah, so it was and like, shit. It was, I saw it, and then there was like a demon ate the sun. Is anything gonna be the same? <laughs> just people freaking out, and then they were. Uh, but the article went on to say, and like, and now people are basically coming up with the same nonsense today. Like we're not smarter anymore. No, we're, we're not actually any not smarter. smarter. If you go, if you go online right now and uh, look up like. A, a solar eclipse apocalypse. There's gonna be like 40 theories about oh, how yeah. the do world's it. gonna end. No, please oh, don't yeah. do this. And oh god. Just because there's a solar it's eclipse. It's been yeah. a couple of years since I've had like an end of the world freak out. Because as much as I know that that shit is always bullshit, there's always that little you voice in the back it? of my head where I'm just like, but what if this one's not? And like I fl- I get so uncomfortable. It fucks my well, anxiety. I don't so really bad. care either way. So yeah. Oh, so, like uh, that, that's what that's why it never freaks me out. Actually, even the, if I believe in it, like the, yeah. Um, so what? The solar eclipse is going to cause the planet Nibiru to destroy Earth. Oh, uh, well, that's nice. that damn Nibiru. That's always Nibiru right about to destroy Earth. Always up to something. Yeah. yeah. No, they said they changed. The only thing that changed. Wait, from- I thought Nibiru was the planet from Avatar. No, wait, no, no, you're right. It's the 10th tenth, tenth planet. The Sumerian yeah. aliens come uh, from. This is the only thing that changed from like the Victorian ages to now is like, instead of like myths, legends, and fairy tales, we're just now it's just all conspiracy theories. Yeah, so basically. This is like the, gov- the, the, the solar eclipse is a plot by the government to make flat earthers look stupid. Ooh, here's a good one from thetrumpet.com. The great American solar eclipse of August 21st, a fulfillment of Bible prophecy? Uh, Sure. <laughs> Why and not? Everything is at this point. All right, let's move on to some cryptozoology. Ooh. Gargoyle-like creature spotted in Spain. Ooh, is it? Um, Did Stewart see it? No, it was a British man. Yeah. What's uh, the name of the one from Gargoyles? The main guy, Blockhead. Uh, Block- Goliath. 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 The, the, the yeah. A British, I miss that show. A British man claims he saw an unidentified winged creature in southern Spain. 28-year-old IT technician Alex Nezrick told Cryptozoology News he was in Santa Maria del Aguila, Almeria, when he witnessed the purported being. I was in South Spain for nearly one year. I was always a nature enthusiast, so I traveled a lot, he explained. Because of the really hot weather in those regions, people often leave their windows open at night for better air circulation. I don't know why that quote is included, because it doesn't make any difference. Pointless, yeah. Nursik says he was sleeping when he woke up to a sound he wasn't able to immediately identify. It was around 1 a.m. I thought it was someone in trouble. My instincts told me there was a woman who was having terrible trouble and she might be in a lot of pain. At some point, I was annoyed that I had to witness it. I knew it wasn't an owl. Is that the only kind of bird that See, exists in England? Yeah. <laughs> no, that was the only one he knew it wasn't. Owl, not an owl. Definitely not an owl. Yeah. Reportedly, Nazarick went to the window to investigate when the noise got louder and clearer. My flat was on the fourth and last floor where I had a nice terrace with a view uh, in front of the block over the parking lot. I looked out the window and over the terrace, but my view from there was restricted only to the far side of the parking lot. The lights were on, so the visibility was good. 
but in order to see the full area of the car park, I had to get out on the terrace so I could see in the front of the block, he explains. Okay, just say that you walked out that there. Was I was about to go over into to the terrace when I saw something big coming over the building, and in that instant, the noise was made, made again. I literally froze. I wanted to duck, but I was amazed. A strange winged animal, he says, was 25 meters, about 82 feet away from him. It looked like a dog with wings. I couldn't see the front legs, just the rear ones. It didn't have front legs. So it's like back legs of a dog, but no front legs? It's a giant chicken. It yeah, was a chicken. Maybe. He'd never guess, seen a chicken fly before. I guess before. the wings are his front legs. He says the odd creature took off the building and uh, then began to fly. That's when he claims he could take a better look at it. It was heavy. The way it flapped its wings looked either tired or about to fall to the ground. The legs were hanging. It seemed fatherless. Okay. I think, Wait. I think they oh, mean featherless. I think they mean featherless. <laughs> I like the idea. It seemed like it didn't have a father. <laughs> <laughs> he had forgotten the face of his father. It seemed featherless. It looked like skin. It had a pale color. It looked pinkish. But at nighttime, the lights from the parking lot have a different spectrum, it recalls. It did not seem to hunt anything, nor was it in any rush. One of the things that also captured the man's attention was the robotic movements. It looked like falling down, but with a slow flap of the wings, it could rise up almost instantly. It looked powerful. It could easily pick up a person. I should get my phone, I thought. It's not worth it. By the time I turn around from the desk with the phone, it's gone. Just watch. Observe. As I got to the left side of the parking lot, it raised up just so it could fly over the block again. Narzik says the animal then disappeared, but was able to describe some additional physical features. Thick, short beak. It looked like a carnivore's nose. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, I don't know. I guess like a, like a, like a raptor? A bird of prey? Oh, yeah, like very Like a chicken. Like a chicken, yeah. yeah. The head seemed to be stretched uh, at the back. Bulky torso or body, curved wings with arms look alike. Wait, was this thing a fucking turkey? I don't know what this is. <gasps> a turkey would be the size of a small dog. It said span, it had a wingspan about two to three meters wide, about nine to ten feet. Thick, powerful back legs that were held diagonally, almost vertically. Long, thin, thin tail, heavy, slow movement, pale pink color. Size of a massive dog or a big feline like a lion or tiger. Jesus fucking Christ. It looked like skin texture, no feathers, no scales. It almost moved like a robot, he said about the 2010 encounter. So, yeah, so that's a... I don't know what that is. That does sound like it could be some kind of gargoyle come to life. I'm going to call bullshit because of one thing he said in particular. At one point, he says something... What was it? Scroll down to the bottom. It was... Something to, what did he say? It's uh, Yeah, he said, It's not worth it. By the time I turn around from the desk with the phone, it's gone. Just watch, observe. Seems like... Well, he's justifying why like, he didn't get the camera. This is why I couldn't get my camera. I wouldn't make it in time. Like, he's already making that excuse. Yeah. I think it's bullshit. Cause he, Could like, be. That seems like some backpedaling. They're like, well, why didn't you take a picture of it? Everyone's got a phone right now. Well, I couldn't because I would be too late. That's yeah. why I'm calling bullshit on this one. I do, I do get that feeling. Sometimes, like, I don't know. I, I almost never take pictures of stuff. Like, I don't even think to take pi- pictures. Yeah, usually. neither do I most of the time. Like, like, not even just when I see something like paranormal. Just like when I see anything interesting, I just look at it. I don't ever think to take a picture. I know I would because... Mike and I were sitting outside one time and we thought we saw some weird like UFO type shit and my phone camera was so shitty that I kept trying to like 
get like uh, spread the the camera zoom in, zoom in. spread the camera <laughs> spread, spread the camera but you know like you take your fingers yeah she's got a butter to, cam yeah exactly yeah. no but I tried to zoom in zoom in, in I, yeah and pinch I couldn't get jack shit and I just kept trying but like I could see it just fine it was really frustrating to me so if this thing was as close as it fucking was I would have taken a fucking picture 80 of feet away I would have ran like it's weird to me that he didn't maybe you know not everyone's well he me, was British but... and they don't show emotion for anything that's true uh, two people spot Thunderbird in California. This, so this is also is true. Kind of nice. in the same vein. Thunderbirds are real, definitely. I don't know. That's what. That's one of my favorite cryptids. Is the Thunderbird? Yeah. I thought that cool. like some I'm giant not being bird. They're like the most. They're one of the more romantic ones. I think there's. They're very, uh, very fantastical. Seventy-four-year-old uh, Dr. told Cryptozoology News he was driving on State Route 16 near Rancho Marietta when the incident took place the night of July 15th. It was around 11.45 p.m., said the piano technician. I was driving home from a performance in Fiddletown near Plymouth, he added. The Californian claims that he was driving around 65 miles per hour when the huge bird showed up. It swooped down from my left and leveled off in front of my vehicle and flew along me for uh, about 20 to 30 feet in front of me. I instinctively hit the brakes when this object appeared in front of our car. He explained. He didn't specify who the other person in the vehicle was. Well, see, right there, he's got a reason to not have a picture if he's fucking in the middle of driving. Yeah, yeah. But the, he didn't feel the need to come out and explain that's why yeah, he didn't that's have a true. picture. You just know. The man described the creature as a 30-foot-wide black bird with features similar to those of a hawk. Hmm. So, like... A wingspan of 30 feet. That's yeah. like from here to the living room. Yeah, it covered the width of the highway. That's crazy. The two-lane highway. That's pretty huge. Yeah. The animal, he said, continued to fly around 10 feet off the highway and then lifted off to the right and then out of sight. I'm not sure how to accurately describe it. The sighting reportedly took about five to seven seconds. Thunderbird, also known as rock, is the nomenclature used by Native Americans to refer to bird-like creatures with reptile features that are believed to be related to the extinct petrosaurs. In July 2015, two people in Nevada reported seeing a creature that reminded them of a petrosaur, a flying reptile believed to have gone extinct about 65 million years ago. I think we actually talked about that on an episode of something. I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That's freaking crazy, right? Like, if this guy's telling the truth, which it, he seems like a normal person. Yeah, he, he seems... Yeah, there's not a lot of... He's a extra. piano technician. There's not... A, you yeah. know, we could probably find this guy, because there's probably, like, three piano technicians in this area yeah. near Fiddletown in Plymouth. Also, he didn't California. have a lot of extra exposition like the last guy did. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of bullshit. He's like, I was just driving, driving my piano tools home, and this big bird came down from the clouds. <laughs> Covered the whole dang highway. I was like, holy Moses. And I slammed on my brakes. I think that's the one of them they were cryptids. Yeah. <laughs> one of them they were cryptids. I don't know. Yeah, I would probably crash the car if I saw a bird that was thirty had a 30-foot wingspan. Uh, yeah. A hawk too. with a 30-foot wingspan? Yeah, that's a nightmare. Well, I don't know. Maybe either I would crash... Or I would white knuckle like the steering wheel and be like, "I've got to get the fuck out of here." Like you don't, I don't think you want to stay. For Maybe that. you crash into the bird, and then it takes you to the land of Hohawk. No, you crash into the bird, you, you kill it, and then you become famous. And then you eat like a king. Yeah, you eat a giant 
bird steak. Fried chicken breast steak. You trap it back to it, track it back to its nest where it's got a bunch of Bigfoot carcasses. <laughs> Giant uh, omelet. That's my question with the Thunderbird. Because like everyone's like, well, everyone says the same thing about Bigfoot. It's like, well, if there's something that big out in the woods, why wouldn't we find it? But Bigfoot isn't 30 feet wide. Right, right. Like 30 feet wide. Well, I, my, my thought on this is that it's like time slips. Yeah. Dimensional sl- shifts, either a dimensional sh- slip or a, like some kind of time time slip where it's like like you know it's just like some kind of petrosaur maybe that it maybe is, yeah. we've you know di- that we never found the fossil record for because what like what what did they they found they find about ten percent of what actually existed oh yeah not at even the time that, probably yeah in the fossil record so it's like these things could be like like a petrosaur on its evolutionary track to becoming a bird, you know? Oh, speaking of dimensional shifts, me and Lauren found another Mandela effect. Really? Oh, I, I think I debunked that one already. Did you? Yeah, I think so. The one about King Tut, how he died? Yeah, I did. I already debunked that one. You guys are thinking of a different no. Egyptian queen. No, see, that's the thing. We talked about it, and I was like, no, I clearly remember them talking about Tutankhamun and uh, Queen Hapetshiput at this differently we like, should explain what happened yeah before we start i don't think anything happened so, i think right. you guys just so misremember this, this is what happened to mike and i so we're talking and we're both discussing people and we both get like fuck we both have like a cavity in the back of our mouth and so we're like you know, sometimes it'll hurt or whatever. And, and, like, it's like, yeah, but I'm too fucking broke to go to the dentist. So, like, I'll go to sleep at night thinking about it hurting and thinking to myself, well, I'm just going to end up dying from a blood infection like King Tut. And I've thought this many times on my own, like, whenever I've had, like, a toothache or jaw pain or anything like that. And it turns out I mentioned it offhandedly as a joke. And Mike goes... You know, that's funny. I think about that every time that happens to me, too. And I was like, yeah, well, it's because in school we were taught that King Tut died of a yeah. blood infection because of a rotten tooth. I don't remember being taught anything in school about King Tut, but I do remember watching a documentary when I was young mm. about it. And at the time, they thought he f- got run over by, like, a chariot or a horse or something, and his leg broke, and he got an infection from that. But now it's, like, something else. Yeah. Well, when you look, well, so we were like, oh, I remember it being taught in my elementary school. Yeah, we're like, that's weird. You know, I've never thought to look. If that you up. remember that from elementary school, go ahead and check us out on Facebook and write us a message. Please let me know because we then proceeded to Google it, and we were seeing all the shit that that John was saying, like he, uh, he broken had leg broken and he had an leg, infection from all that. This shit. There's a bunch of other different theories about how he died, but none of them that I found on Google were about an infected tooth. And I was like, what the fuck? I remember sitting there in class and being told that that's how he died. Finally, after talking to... At 14 years old. Yeah. Or however old he was. Yeah. Um, we ended up contacting all our friends. Like, who does? how did people remember him dying, like, learning about it in school? No one gave us that answer. By the way, everyone gave us a different answer, Yeah, too. everyone gave a different answer. And then we finally found out that uh, Hapsifoot... I don't, I'm not saying it right, for sure, but it was a, a she queen. She was a queen. Died of old age with an infected tooth. So either Mike and I come from a universe where history is different, or a dimension where he actually died that way. And it's or you guys just talk to each other too Bernstein much. Bernstein Bears. No, we have not <laughs> discussed this. That's why I think it's so weird, because we haven't fucking talked about it. 
Well, if you remember something different about King Tut, please write us either on Facebook or at mysteriousnessespc at gmail.com. Moving on, uh, there's a Bigfoot research organization investigator. He posts a Sasquatch picture that he thinks may be authentic. Okay. They so might this is all the be guy, uh, Matt Moneymaker, from the Finding Bigfoot TV show. And he got this from an uh, undisclosed clor- uh, source, but it's like, it's uh, I guess it's like fourth-hand information. And Jesus. so here's the... Uh, oh, there's a picture. Oh, shit. Here's the picture I, of I the Bigfoot. I have seen that picture before, actually. I've never seen this one before. So this is, a, I don't know, it's new as far as I could tell. And I guess a bunch of people already tried to like reverse image search it and couldn't find it posted online anywhere. Besides, That's you know, coming from this source. Yeah, he posted this photo. on June 6th of this year, so... That's a pretty Maybe, good I might have just seen it on on Facebook My from real this guy. issue with this is that I can't trust a guy whose name is Moneymaker. That, I, if my name was Moneymaker, I would definitely change it. This yeah. seems yeah. weird. It seems like just, like, Rothstein super, super douchey. <laughs> well, it just seems like if I was... If you were in a... If you were reading a story and some character comes along and his last name is Moneymaker, you're like... He's a villain. That's a bad guy. Yeah. That, that dude's a liar. And he's like, hey, you want to buy this picture of Sasquatch? Yeah. <laughs> it's made out of meth. Yeah, so I don't know. What do you guys think of the photo? It looks great. I um, mean, it's pretty clear. It's, yeah. For a Bigfoot photo, it's Honestly, pretty Honestly, it could be uh, just a chimp in the woods. It could be a gorilla. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it kind of looked like the quality is so high. It kind of looks like it's a still from the uh, Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah. Or it could be that a... That would be funny. Yeah, it could be that, or it could, it could be like a fat, older chimp. Or a young gorilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A young male gorilla. It's kind of hard to tell. I don't there's know. No or it could be a nine-foot-tall like Bigfoot. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, there's no, there's no like, comparisons to, like, like see the height or anything like that, you know? Yeah. But just as far as, like, the body structure, it could be a young gorilla or an old chimp. I mean, we got these trees, but we don't really know how big they are either. Yeah. But anyway, check that out in the show notes. Let us know what you think. Uh, two Pennsylvania women claim big uh, claim a Bigfoot encounter. Ooh! So th- I thought this was a pretty pretty interesting Bigfoot encounter. A Pennsylvania woman says she saw two Bigfoot beings near Crawford County. I believe it. Any place called Crawford County is, is in the bush. This is in yep. Pennsylvania. So this is in the yeah the backwoods of Pennsylvania. I think this is like a uh, I think this town has like maybe like a thousand people in it. Uh, Deborah S. of Cambridge Springs told Cryptozoology News it's been a while since she saw the creature that she tried telling people from the area, but that they ridiculed her. I just don't say much anymore, she says. I was ridiculed. My friend Angie saw another one the next day. Oh, so you throw your friend under the bus? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, she saw it too. Make fun of her. The Pennsylvania resident says she was dropping her brother off at uh, Mark Barnes' place when she came upon the alleged cryptid. As I came up to the end of the dirt road, I was waiting on a truck to pass so I could pull out. I saw something I thought was a bear wobbling back and forth by a telephone pole and road sign. Was it a drunk Bigfoot? Yeah, maybe. The hominid, she said, was about nine feet tall and had brown hair. The woman says it stared at her for a few seconds before she decided to drive away. It stepped out from the ditch, took three steps across the road. It looked right at me. I was scared and took off with everything that truck had. I mean, that's, that's kind of the natural... Reaction yeah, when Bigfoot fair. starts walking towards you. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. fuck. Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. I'm going home. Yeah. Uh, Deborah goes on to say that the following morning she asked her friend to go with her to investigate the area. We found prints. They were about 14 inches long and about 6 inches wide. There were five toes. 
no claw nails like a bear, just straight toes. Mm-hmm. I also saw a scratch on the pole where it kind of pushed off to get up on the road. And there was a path with more prints on the other side. Maybe it was just we, Shaquille O'Neal having a cigarette. Maybe. We, we went up a hecker driving at five miles per hour, and I was looking left, and Angie was looking right. She turned towards me to say something and asked me to pull over. That's when she claims they found one of the creatures up on a tree. Oh, shit. It was okay. a small, light-colored one. It looked to be eating apples, and it had something in its hand, like a grapevine. I couldn't really tell. The dogs were barking, and it looked to be watching in that direction. We took off. Deborah, who provided a phone number, said she told her brother about the decades-old encounter. We lived on that road as a kid. He told me they saw many, many prints and that my mom saw a monkey once, she explained. Thank you for not thinking I'm freaking crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so the Cambridge Springs has uh, got a population of 3,000. So it's like, yeah, this is out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Could so- be. It could be real. That sounds. I mean, that's it's cool. She saw a different one, maybe like a juvenile one the next day yeah. in a yeah. tree Seen eating like apples. Seeing some apples. There. That's always what I kind of got the feeling of is that they had like family units that's that they what, stuck around in. That's what's one of the more compelling things about Bigfoot to me is that with a lot of other cryptids, you only see one at a time ever. But with Bigfoot, there's so many stories that seem to lead you to believe that there's a f- familial pact Yeah, you'll situation. see you'll see one but then a rock will be thrown from like a different direction mm-hmm. and you know yeah. like Oh yeah, like the one guy who had the Bigfoot protecting him from the other ones or something like that. Yeah, Which makes yeah. it more believable to me. Like if there's only one of ones of a being, it will die out eventually, but if there's families and that makes sense that they still keep popping up. Not it wasn't this one, but the Bigfoot story before this made me think. So, if a lot of Far off shots of Bigfoot can be interpreted as like a gorilla. How many times do you think that a Bigfoot might have been seen in the jungle but was brushed off as just a gorilla? Gorillas wiped him out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, I guess we, that, that could be an argument for why there's not like Bigfoot sightings in places with uh, like the, uh, actual like, giant that's primates. That's what I was thinking. I was like, well, why is it that we only or it could just be, Yeah, or it just could be that they're not indigenous to the areas that have other large primates. Yeah, but I think I think it, in some instances it may be that. I'd be like, oh, that's just a gorilla in, a, in the distance. I should probably get the fuck out of here. That thing will rip me up. Well, they, just a few years ago, they discovered... Well, I don't know if they discovered... I mean, the locals had said it was real for years, but like s- mainstream science discovered uh, the giant chimpanzee, mm-hmm. where you know they thought it was they thought it was just a myth, but no, it turns out that there's like six foot tall chimps. Oh wow, that's pretty crazy. That's really tall. Yeah, they they're they're freaky. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> scary. Yeah, even the little ones are scary. Yeah. So they've actually proved that like there are giant chimpanzees, and so is, I guess in a in a in a desolate enough place, there could be lots of stuff hiding in there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. As I said before, it's hard to find shit in the woods. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Sticking to it. All right, here's a here's a new Bigfoot uh, uh, video from Provo Canyon. Uh, this was recorded in 2012 uh, uh, by a man in the area of Provo Canyon, Utah. He recorded footage of an unidentified humanoid. The man, who appeared to be hiking with another person, said the animal stood on two legs and threw a rock at them prior to running into the wilderness. 
The short video shows the two hikers' legs and a dark, hairy figure hiding behind a small bush on the side of an arid hill. As the man points the camera at the purported creature, it throws something in their direction, prompting both parties to run away. There have been numerous reports of Bigfoot sightings in the Provo Canyon zone throughout the years. So this is uh, one of their realer hoax you know, videos they want everybody to vote. Yeah. So i got to jump forward past the bullshit. Here we go. So I'll put it on the full screen. If you can see in, in here. Yeah, I yeah, think I yeah. see it. There's okay. a, a shape. There's a shape. And Come on, keep it centered, buddy. Yeah, and so they're they're checking it out, and I don't. It's definitely moving. I don't actually see it throw anything, but it doesn't look like it runs away either. It looks like it's about to chase them, honestly. It just kind of looks like it's just kneeling down. It yeah. looks like a bear, actually. Wait for it though. Look oh the way it moves. shit! Okay. Oh fuck! Oh, so God I guess it throws it. something. It it stands up. Like it's gonna come towards them, and they just they just book they just it. Bolt, hmm. which I mean, I if it's well, real, it, it I looked can't pre- it looked pretty them. big when it was just hanging out there, and then it stood up, and it was like, yeah, it was like another four feet of body came yeah. up when yeah. it stood up, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> that thing's huge, God. And the the body language was definitely not that of a bear. Like that looks like well, a when it was man sitting sitting or up. kneeling down, it could have been a bear, yeah, but then yeah, it stood up. I was like, all right, like, not a bear. That looks like an angry man. Yeah, so there's been a lot of sightings in that area, so this this could be what some area valid. Is this uh, in? Provo Canyon, Utah. Huh. So yeah, there's been several reports of uh, Bigfoot creatures, so hmm. that could be a real uh, thing. A lot of Mormon Bigfoots. <laughs> a lot of them. Check that out in the show notes. Let us know what you think. Uh, moving on to UFOs. UFOs hiding in the rigs of Saturn. Former NASA chief blows cover. I knew it. <laughs> yep, I knew it too. We all knew it. One of NASA's former top engineers has claimed that there are alien spaceships hiding in Saturn's rings. The sensational claim was made by Dr. Norman Berggren, a well-respected engineer who held a position at NASA's Ames Research Center. Dr. Berggren said that living alien UFO spaceships are using the rings of Saturn as a hiding spot, and they are proliferating at an alarming rate. The former NASA employee has previously said that the amount of spaceships has reached critical levels and that authorities should keep an eye on it. He added that the rings have become so compact with uh, UFOs that they are now starting to gather around the likes of Jupiter and Neptune. So those planets have rings too. So he thinks they hide in the rings and they also make more of themselves. He thinks they're more like living alien organisms. Or like nanotechnology or something. Yeah, like they're using resources from the rings to make more of themselves but then they're also building the rings as well what does reach critical mass in that context mean i guess he thinks that that they could be a threat to humanity or that you know okay well then how many is is that is it like well he's he's been talking about this for a long he's been talking about this for like 20 years yeah i've heard i've heard the theory that there's you know aliens hiding in the rings check it out though if they're hiding in the rings, and it's gotten to the point that there are so many of them that Saturn's rings aren't enough for them to hide in. That's they a reached, lot. Yeah, they yeah, reached critical those rings mass. Are huge. Yeah. yeah, they reached critical mass a long fucking time ago. Because if, if he's not just saying critical mass because it sounds good and he actually means critical mass, that means that... There's so many aliens that the, the rings actually are just alien spaceships at this point. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I can't, that's kind of what he's thinking. Yeah, and now now they're just moving on to 
the other plants that have t- smaller rings. But that would just so that's he says he says what I found what I found out is these things inhabit Saturn. That's where I first discovered them, and they're proliferating. You can find them around Uranus and Jupiter. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever you see some rings, that's where I see the aircrafts. I call them a ring maker. You know, yeah, he's he got a book about it too. Yeah, Uranus is like, a ring maker. <laughs> he kind of looks like a ventriloquist dummy, though. He does. Yeah, yeah. like a old He looks one. like he's from that movie. He uh, looks like he's one of Jeff Dunham's racist puppets. He yeah, <laughs> he looks like somebody has his hand up his backside and is drinking a glass of water. Yep. Uh, I say that it is electromagnetic because I can identify streamline patterns with respect to that, and I knew were what were called potential lines, as they says. And that says it was electrical. Okay. I don't know what that means. All right. I, I did read a little bit bef- uh, on other sites. Uh, yeah, one of the websites that I read it on, like, they removed the post for some reason, which is weird. Hmm. That is weird. Uh, but, yeah, in one of them, uh, in one of the pictures that I saw, he, he's pointing out uh, exhaust fumes coming from these things. And, and another one is uh, from the first Voyager. And you can see, like, a piece of Saturn's ring is, like, not in Is that the, the picture shot? right there? Is that it right there? Uh, let's see. No, I don't think Some so. Some point to this break in Saturn's rings is a sign of alien activity. Okay, yeah. So he, this is, I guess this is just a different example. I saw a different one where there was a piece, and he was thinking that it hadn't even been built yet. I don't think this is a break in the ring. I think this is a shitty photo where part of this Maybe. is fucked up here, honestly. Uh, he wrote on his alien-dedicated blog, UFO Sightings Daily, Norman Bergen worked in a top-secret area inside the U.S. government and has personally witnessed uh, seeing photos directly from NASA that had a UFO near Saturn that makes the rings around Saturn. He says that he has personally seen an increase of alien ship activity among the rings of Saturn over his career. Something has to be done. So he's been studying these things for a long time. When did the book come out? Like the 90s? Oh, yeah. It came out a while ago. Yeah. So like, like 99, I think. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, either this guy was just a brilliant engineer who's gone crazy, or he's uh, seen some something. stuff. I'm looking yeah. up when that book came out right now. That's a commercial. Oh, 1986. 1986. Okay, so yeah, so I don't know. Either he's been crazy for a very long time now. Yeah. I don't mean there's there's a lot of photos where he's like pointing out like these like glowing orbs that like circular orbs that appear in the rings. So I mean, he does look crazy, but he could be real. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. It's hard. To, it's a it's a very unique theory. I will give it that. I like it. I mean, these things couldn't... I mean, they, they might not be life in the way that we know it. Like, you know, we always imagine aliens are going to be like, you know, like people like Bio. us that are in a spaceship yeah, like we, always, we would be. We always yeah. imagine like fleshy bipeds. Yes, but like, these things, they might just be like an intelligent race of rocks. like blob, blob beings that yeah. live on Saturn. Yeah. yeah. Could also just be robots. Just, yeah. Uh, Robot explorers doing drone work. Yeah, that's true. They could be robot explorers from a uh, from a different star system. They're so, just like uh, pl- per- proliferating themselves in our solar system because we yeah. have the correct resources for them to do so. Fucking foreign thieves. God damn. Yeah, damn aliens. We Come need on, to, Donald we, Trump. Build a space wall. Build a wall around Saturn. The, the mil- entire planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> No, the whole entire solar system. No, just American. No, just Earth. around the Milky Way. Make the Milky Way great again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about some UFO 
bases on Antarctica that were put there by Hitler. Come back. Thank you. Now it's time to jump right into our feature segment, which is good stuff. Here. It's 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 our, our review and uh, analysis of the book Hitler, Hitler's Antarctica UFOs, the Anunnaki Society, the Piri Reese map, Harp, and other mysteries. Harp is the weather machine. Yeah. That well, that's usually yeah the uh, government agency uh, associated with the conspiracy of. Weather control. That's what I thought. I, I think harp. In, in this though, the, uh, in this though, it's claimed that harp is uh, used to uh, detect uh, portals to to other planets. I could see that. Why not weather control portals? Well, to it other takes planets. a lot of power, so I could see where that might cause some weather problems too. The, the weather part isn't really like the reason it's it a exists. Side effect. It's a side effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's funny. mostly portals. That's cute. I like so, that. So, so we all know Hitler was obsessed with like the occult and uh, finding like ancient lost technology and using it to uh, to make like modernized weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, from yes. the Jews. Yeah, you know, like like that's kind of the premise of Indiana Jones and stuff. So the uh, Anunnaki was an occult society formed by Hitler's highest-ranking officials, whose secret in- intentions were to explore the reality in religions and myths around the world. The idea was to combine the ancient super knowledge to current scientific knowledge and make the Third Reich the Untouchables. Even now, the secret services of leading powers hunt for the Anunnaki's secrets. It is of no doubt that they are attained. They attained great unknown knowledge and sadly also destroyed some of it, mainly books. They literally burned them on a mass scale before it could be disclosed to the world. But many records of their quest for ancient knowledge are still hidden out there to be found and benefited from. So according I, to, you know, the Anunnaki, uh, you know, there was like an ancient civilization, an ancient worldwide civilization. And like they're not the only ones to believe like this. technology bordering on magic. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people uh, call this society Atlantis. So the idea is that a society like Atlantis that ruled the world with their uh, superior magic-like technology was wiped out in some sort of cataclysmic event. And uh, this secret society thought that if they could find enough of these uh, relics, they could uh, harness some of this ancient technology. I, I, I want to really believe a lot of this stuff. I really do because I love the idea of it. But it's hard to find anything about this just, like being garbage if you just dig a little bit it's weird to me that well I this have... book is really strange i, I i'll tell you this is one of the 
most poorly written books I've ever read. Oh yeah, after reading that, like you don't know how many spelling and grammar mistakes John self-corrected. I while self-corrected reading while reading out loud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was bad. I think it's. But the information here is interesting. So. I think it's strange that it's easier for me to believe in just aliens than it is for me to believe that there was a much more intelligent society before us that disappeared. I'm actually a believer of it. To to tell you the truth, I'm a believer. I don't, I mean, because if you look at the engineering feats of the ancients, obviously. That's true. We've. Not been able to replicate what the ancient Egyptians did. Yeah, and and there and there's evidence now that there's like could have been really large uh, societies oh, on they that just scale. Found something under the ocean just recently. Yeah, they're always finding new stuff, and you know, like the the site in Turkey that they thought was just a a mound, or the site in Bosnia that they thought was just a mound that are cities that could be ten thousand years old. And who's to say that there? Were, weren't civilizations, you know, 25,000 years ago of, you know, men and they, you know, maybe those those ancient relics have just turned to dust over time. Who knows how long anything lasts, really? When you're talking when when you're talking past 10,000 years, you know? Yeah, it's it, like you can put a number to it, but it's pretty much unfathomable. Like yeah. really. So uh, in 1947, the American explorer Richard Byrd uh, was. Uh, oh, we sent- talked about him before. I yeah, think. we've talked about him and uh, his some of his expeditions before. Uh, he he arrived on the Antarctic shores. What was weird about this operation was called Operation High Jump. Uh, is that it was pretty much just a military expedition, even yeah. though it was called like a scientific exploration expedition. Uh, yeah, look at all the shit they brought. Yeah, they brought them. an aircraft carrier, 12 surface ships, one submarine, more than 20 airplanes and helicopters, and about 5,000 people on staff. Which, that's that's which not military? an expedition. Which military was this? American. American okay. military. So on December 2nd, 1946, before the start of this expedition, Admiral Byrd at a press conference said, my expedition is military in nature, giving no further details. He came out and said it. All right. At the end of January 1947, full-scale aerial reconnaissance begun surveying the Antarctic region of Queen Maud Land. It all went to, so Queen Maud Land is an area of the Antarctic continent. It all went to plan in the first weeks tens of thousands of photos were taken suddenly the inexplicable happened the six-month expedition was suddenly terminated after just two months fleeing the antarctic coast it was a real fast retreat they lost a destroyer almost half their carrier-based aircraft dozens of sailors and officers uh and to commission investigation members of the u.s congress admiral Byrd said the following in the event of another war american america can be attacked by an enemy that has the ability to fly from pole to pole with incredible speed they lost a fucking destroyer yeah they're just an expedition how the hell did they manage that yeah so i yeah i like like this isn't totally validated hey but, just know. as just as a quick thing on queen mod land it's about a quarter of the size of antarctica so and yeah, that's huge he, here's a picture of the fenris mountains now doesn't that look a little like more than a little bit like ancient ruins it does kind of look like like old ancient ruins yeah could be i mean you know it could just be erosion and shit from the ice but it it's crazy looking Oh yeah, those look like like walls or buildings and things. Yeah. Um, it could be either. Those those really like pointy like sharp peaks tend to happen with ice erosion. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's hard to say. 
So in uh, 1945, uh, before this uh, U.S. expedition to um, Antarctica, two German submarines entered uh, Mar del Plata port in Argentina, s surrendering to authorities. These were or no ordinary submarines. They were from the so-called Fuhrer Convoy. This was a top-secret fleet fulfilling missions. Details have remained secret till now. The submarine crews were reluctant to cooperate, even so the Americans learned a few things. The commander of U-boat U-530 spoke as of spoke of his involvement in an operation named Valkyrie 2 two weeks before the world's end. The U-boat U-530 left the quay, heading for the shores of Antarctica. On board the submarine were passengers with faces covered in bandages, as well as Third Reich relics. Huh. The commander of another U-boat, Hans Schieffer, later testified that he followed the same route. It was found that the German submarines repeatedly followed the Antarctic route. So, uh... In 1820, Antarctica was discovered by two Russians. I love how white people discover everything. You know, like you know, like people yeah, right. people knew it was there before these yeah, Russians got to, got to it. First, <laughs> yeah, everybody was just like, "Yeah, I'm not going there. It's all ice. It's just mm -hmm. crap there. It's penguins, and that's uh, it." In January 1939, two catapult-controlled airplanes, the Passat and the Boris, took off from the deck of the Schwabenland. They began patrolling Queen Maud Land. So this is uh, 1939. This is uh, the German Air Germans. Force. Three weeks later, uh, Luftwaffe pilots with metal pensions marked the, with swastikas managed to secure for the Third Reich territory the size of Germany, New Swabia. Huh. So this is something that they actually... You know, they like a, a lot of people don't know that the the Germans were very interested, or Hitler was very interested in Antarctica. I so. can see why. It I totally mean, there's a lot of natural resources. If you can get, if you could have tools to get down through the ice, like all conspiracy theories aside, if they if they could find a cost effective way to drill down through the ice in Antarctica and mine out natural resources, I'm sure there's a lot of them there. Yeah, you'd be set. It's a giant continent. Yeah, plus it, you know, it's covered nice and Hitler would be very interested in what's below that. Yeah, so uh uh the unusual mission uh then passed to the Fuhrer's Sea Wolves, the U-boats uh commanded by Admiral Karl Dowitz. In secrecy, the U-boats set course to the Earth's end, the Antarctic shores. Later Karl Donitz 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 Donuts. I'll just call them donuts from now donuts. on. He let slip a strange phrase. My sub my submariners have found a true paradise on Earth. In huh. 1943, at the peak of the war with Russia, Grand Admiral Donuts uttered another, no less mysterious phrase. The German submarine fleet is proud. At the other end of the world, we have made an impregnable citadel for our Fuhrer. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so, uh... Like modern technology, we know uh, with modern uh, satellite thermal technology, we know that underneath the Antarctic ice sheet are several uh, lakes mm -hmm. with uh, wa filled with water warmer than the ice surrounding it, and that those lakes leak out, uh, basically melt through the ice and make these like under under the surface tunnels, ice caves. Mm. So the idea is that the Nazis with their submarine fleet, found a way into this Antarctic continent through ice tunnels. You know, that's not so hard to believe. Not really, no. It's easier to believe than they went to the moon or some shit. Yeah. There are weirder theories out there. <coughs> In these warmer areas under the ice, I wonder if any sort of plant life grows. Well, that's the idea, is that, that, that there's a possibility that, uh, you know, there's like a whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did that in, in these um, ice caves. the first X-Files movie, remember? Oh, God. 
I'm no, even. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was thing like bacteria and shit living under there. Yeah, algae and shit. Yeah. So uh, back to the uh, American expedition on February 26, 1947, a battle took place, which is described by a member of the expedition, an experienced pilot named John Cieson, Syerson. They flew vertically out of the water in a fury, slipping between the mass of the ships with such speed that the airflow perturbed and dislodged the radio antenna. I didn't have time to blink an eye. The two Corsair from the Casablanca were slain by some kind of mysterious ray shot from the nose section of the flying saucers. They then dived into the water near the ships. At the time, I was on the Casablanca's deck and saw it as you see me now. I didn't understand. These objects were silent as they floated between the ships like a satanic beast spitting deadly fire. Suddenly, I saw our destroyer ship Murdoch, which is about 120 feet away. The flames flashed and it began to sink. Despite the danger, rescue teams and lifeboats were immediately dispatched to the disaster site from the other ships. The nightmare lasted about 20 minutes. When the saucers again dived under the water, we evaluated our losses. They were terrifying. With four exclamation points. Yep. That means it's serious. Well, Who did these flying saucers belong to? Could it have been Nazi Germany? Or could it have been remnants of an ancient society? God, this that is lives? the worst punctuation I've ever fucking seen in my life. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the uh, Ananerbi Society in the beginning here. Now, they're, s- they're what the Tool Society became, or yeah, the, the other th- way around. Uh, is it the Tool or the Thule It's pronounced Tool. Oh, but it's got an H in it. Yeah, it's German. Ah, stupid Germans. So, yeah, it's, it, 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 uh, yeah it comes from the, the Tool Society. So it was, it was actually broader than German history, though. The Third Reich leaders uns- uh, understood an army size wasn't necessary to f- win future wars. Therefore, they adopted the so-called concept of qualitative superiority. So basically, they just want superhuman weapons and superhuman soldiers. Yeah, better training over bigger size. Yeah, uh, we've talked about the uh, Piri Reese map, the map which uh, stunned modern explorers and... Uh, Scientists. Now, this is a this is the map that uh, they found, which they know dates back to at least 1513, Did but he, he was claimed that it was copied from maps that were hundreds of years older than that. And they have uh, successfully mapped the coastline of Antarctica. You know, hundreds of years before it was supposedly discovered. Yeah. You know? And what's what's uh what's really interesting about this map is that with uh you know our modern day satellite photography. We can see the actual coastline of the it. continent and not just what it looks like with the ice. Mm-hmm. So this map was drawn to that actual coastline and not the actual ice not coastline. Not the ice coastline. Oh, that's wow. a little spooky. So, so they know it's like accurate to the actual land mass. Mm-hmm. So that's which is how the hell would they be able to figure it out at that point? Yeah. So this, you know. Like this kind of points to the theory that that possibly Atlantis was Antarctica, hmm. and that maybe some sort of like polar shift, like put them maybe maybe it was in the middle of the world and and the Earth shifted a little bit and now it's at the bottom of the world and it's uninhabitable. Huh. That's just one theory. Yeah. Uh, the Anunnaki collected a huge library, according to the librarian from one of the Postoski libraries. In March of 1945, he witnessed Soviet troops appro- approaching German territory. The Anunnaki were evacuating a library, carrying away uh, 140,000 volumes. 
or that's 1.4 million. I don't know what uh, the typo is. Here's a. It's possible that the Anunnaki learned something incredible about Antarctica. They made the study of the continent one of the main Nazi leadership goals. For those who are interested, you can find a deglaciated map of Antarctica. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Or if you wait a couple of years, you can just go see it yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, there'll be there'll be cruises right up to the coastline. It'll be a beachfront yeah. property. And this is where ice used to be. <laughs> yeah, and penguins. And polar bears. Uh, the Anunnaki engaged in the study of math, astronomy, gen genetics, medicine, and the occult development of unconventional weapons, plus psychological and psychotropic methods of mass influence. They explored occult science, religious, and mystical practices, exploring people's paranormal abilities. Mm -hmm. They were uh, seriously engaged in this research. The factual evidence for this are the uh, directives by their management, which included Himmler. Before the war began in 1939, studies were carried out concerning the paranormal abilities of employees of the Anunnaki. The results were recorded in personal files. When the war started, officers with these paranormal abilities, along with others who displayed paranormal skills, were merged into a single Anunnaki department. Do you think Unfortunately, there, all the records for this don't exist anymore. Do you of think course. there was one guy where everyone just believed that he could read minds? Like, you're walking down the hallway and it's like, hey, you know... Hans looks like he knows what I'm thinking all the time. I was like, yeah, I get that vibe, too. And then in his file, it just says, able to read minds. It could probably. Be, it could be that. I don't know. I think there's there's probably people out there that can read minds. Yeah. I'm always... All right. I'm probably nuts. But am <laughs> I the only person... Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that right now. But I worry about this every now and then. <laughs> am I the only person that, like, sometimes I'll think something really shitty... And then I'll look over and like the person across that I'm thinking something shitty about might be looking at me and I'm like, don't read my mind right now. Don't read my mind right now. I wasn't thinking about that. Think of a song. I'm thinking of a song right now. I'm not thinking of the thing I was thinking about. And I have this internal battle with them not to read my mind. Am I totally nuts? Am I yeah. the only person yeah. that does that? Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well. I, I still love you though. Yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> I do worry. Because uh, you don't know. You don't know who can read your mind or not. If, it, if that exists, they're quiet about it at least. In December 1919, secret Thule Society members, uh, which we discussed were the Anunnaki's predecessors, are gathered at the Alps foothills in a farmhouse near Birchkagen. Birchkagen. Thanks, Mike. Among the selected two were two experienced mediums or contactees as we see them today. One of them hides under the mysterious name of Sigrun. The other is Maria Asik from Zegreb. She speaks of strange things in a trance state. From a civilization in the Taurus constellation, she receives incredible technical information. This knowledge shocked no one. It attracted a huge interest as it uh, concerned the construction of an unusual flying vehicle which could alter the flow of time around it. Uh, in a step towards the dream of the secret society, a time machine penetrating deep into history, obtaining all the knowledge of ancient high civilizations. The thing was called Deglaka. The Deglaken, yeah. So people have seen the, you know, of the conspiracy. There's, there's so many, so many things surrounding the bell. Yeah, this is one theory of the Nazi bell. Yeah. Which we, me and John love to talk about. So the received knowledge is uh, passed on to scientists for translation and to clear technical data for engineering. By 1922, the first model had been built. The device had three parallel disks. When brought into motion, the upper and lower disk rotate in opposite directions, creating a very strong magnetic field. So basically, uh, basically they're saying this is the, the Nazis invented or figured out how to build UFOs from old channeled information from the 1920s. From psychics, yeah. Yeah. 
psychic well, channeling information from you a know, different star system. I always get really annoyed. Or maybe the future. Or maybe the future. When I look into this stuff, because it's like, oh, that's the most batshit crazy but slightly awesome thing ever. And then I have to remind myself the Nazis did it, and I'm like, god damn it. Like, couldn't, why couldn't someone that was like, wasn't shitty get into this? Why yeah. is it that the, the worst people ever got into this? It always tempers how cool it is with their shittiness. If we look here, uh, we can see here's uh, supposed oh, these are the documents. Different designs of the UFOs they made. Yeah. The Hounabu and the Vril. Yeah, I mean, like, there's uh, the, uh, you know, skeptics would say that this is just a design for, like, some sort of underwater container, like, pressurized container. But <laughs> yeah, which looks conveniently exactly like a flying yeah. saucer. But then it's like, why did they have underwater containers like that what the fuck were they using those for yeah one of the most advanced prototypes the so-called balonzo balonzo flying, flying disc. disc yeah was tested for the first and last time february 14th 1945 near prague the lift power was created by the silent flameless engine of victor schauberger reports say the unpiloted disc reached a height of 15 kilometers in three minutes with a horizontal speed of 2,200 kilometers per hour. The flying disc proved it can hang in the air and fly back and forth without reversing. And then there's a graphical representation of what that might have looked like. Yeah, that's just a straight-up UFO. <coughs> Actually, I think I can show you guys this stuff. It looks, Sorry. I it thought looks, I was showing it to you. According to this oh, yeah, book, a lot of this stuff was really close to completion by the time we were invading Germany. Yeah. And so they... That's what kind of caused them to not be able to have, to be able to finish it. Ooh, the Antarctic portal. I'm like a look at that. So yeah, that's the the idea. Like the the uh, UFOs that attack this thing. What like are the they Murdoch. Nazis? Are they yeah? Are they Nazis or are they something coming from a portal? Emerging out of the water, shining saucers, spheres, and cigar-like objects in the polar and surrounding areas are not unusual facts. The northern countries, Central and South America, Australia, South Africa, and everywhere, identify, uh, unidentified flying objects are observed. Reports were regularly received by USSR Navy intelligence. So, uh, so basically, yeah, everybody knows we see, you know, like the the USO phenomenon. You know, here's some, here's some uh, different ones, different ones that are observed by Russian military. Uh, in the late 80s, a scientific sensation was created by an American astrophysicist, Kip Thorne, and his colleagues' work. They substantiated the possibility of nearly instantaneous movement in space and time travel. Basically, they put forward the idea of wormholes and black holes all extremely intriguing. So basically, the, it's the idea that uh, you, know, you could uh, use a black hole or a wormhole to uh, teleport. basically take a shortcut through space-time. Yeah. 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 Like we've seen in Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine, they had a wormhole next to them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so then then there's the idea that uh, HARP, the real mysterious reason behind it, is to detect this world uh, wormhole. Uh, clandestinely, it was to develop new weapon types, geophysical, weather, and psychotropic. Yeah, so it's still the idea that they want to control the weather and in control essence, people's minds. A massive beam cannon, a type of global microwave oven. Yeah. Jesus. That sounds like an awful idea. That's a horrible way of putting it. So it's possible our poles, our properties, are used by unidentified flying objects to communicate with other parts of the universe. In any case, it should be a subject for serious study. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah, so this, so the idea is basically that a large part of the Reich, that because I think they, I think they said that there was like a hundred submarines missing, but not reported sunk. Yeah. Yep. It was it was a large number of U boats. Yeah, yeah, a large no, a like <coughs> yeah, uh, and and the, and when you know the idea is that they escaped to like Argentina, like that's kind of like common knowledge. But Argentina is very close to Antarctica mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. So never thought of it Actually, that no, way. It's, but just, it's just close to Antarctica. I think most. I mean, it's. A, I think it's like one of the closest countries to Antarctica. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. if you t- are, you can take a day flight out of Argentina over the Antarctic. Oh, just to t- check out, check it out from a plane. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, it's not far. Yeah, it's not far. So you know, we know that they at least went to Argentina. But if they could have found, maybe th- maybe they have built uh un- like under the ice bases in these like you know lake caverns. And they, you know, drive submarines in and out of them, and then now are are building the Fourth Reich, or maybe they just uh just where they went through be. the wormhole and then took over somebody else's planet. Maybe there's a Nazi planet out there now. Oh God! Ooh. Ooh. Well, planet you, full of Nazis. If you believe in, you know, like there's a universe for everything, then I guess that exists. As horrible as that may be, as far as them ex- still existing in the Antarctic. I wonder if heat mapping would prove or disprove that. Like, if they were so low, be like below the surface, would heat mapping still work to find them? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have the technology to camouflage themselves anyway. Yeah. Oh, that would be so weird. Yeah. So I think we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to swim down to Antarctica. Figure it out. Figure it. Find one of these holes in the ice and kill some Nazis. Yeah, go all. It's wolf. always okay to kill Nazis. Yeah, we got to go Wolfenstein on them. Yeah, uh, if you want lo- loads of Nazi occult shit, totally play the Wolfenstein games. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. All right, so yeah, that is uh, Hitler's mysterious Antarctic bases or whatever. This guy uses so many periods and extra question marks. Yeah, this guy this is guy was not a good. Di- re- I, I'm glad I could like we could we could discuss this as I'm not even going to put this in the show notes because I don't want you guys to read this. No, you yeah. know <laughs> that this guy was over fifty because the amount of ellipses and ridiculous amounts of question marks and shit gives yeah. away. All right, we're gonna take a quick quick break and get spoopy. Spoopy. You're alone, in the middle of the night, and the phone rings. It's someone you don't know, or worse yet, it is someone you know, and they're dead. Things have just gotten spoopy. 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 Too spoopy. My sister says that mommy killed her. Mommy says I don't have a sister. You hear your mom calling you into the kitchen. As you're heading down the stairs, you hear a whisper from the closet saying, Don't go down there, honey. I heard it too. The last thing I saw was my alarm clock flashing 12.07 before she pushed her long, rotting nails through my chest, her other hand muffling my screams. I sat bolt upright, relieved it was only a dream. But as I saw my alarm clock clock read 12.06, I heard my closet door creak open. I awoke to the sound of the baby monitor crackling with a voice comforting my firstborn child. As I adjusted to a new position, my arm brushed against my wife sleeping next to me. 
After struggling desperately to move any part of his paralytic body, just to alert the doctors that he was conscious before they made the first incision, he was relieved to see that one of the nurses had noticed his pupils dilating from the bright light. She leaned in close, and in a whisper that tickled his ear said, You think we don't know you're awake? My daughter won't stop crying and screaming in the middle of the night. I visit her grave and ask her to stop, but it doesn't help. I wake up, and everything feels wrong. It's too quiet outside. I look out the window and see everyone standing still, looking at my house. I woke up to hear knocking on glass. At first I thought it was coming from the window, until I heard it coming from the mirror again. I can't sleep, she whispered, crawling into bed with me. I woke up cold, clutching the dress she was bearing in. You know that weird full body twitch you get sometimes when you're falling asleep? If there was a camera pointed at you and you saw what it had captured at that moment, you'd never sleep again. After so many years living alone in this large house, I came to a startling revelation. In this time, I had closed far more doors than I had opened. Welcome back. That was spoopy. Thank you, Endless Mike. You're welcome very much. spoopy with us. I read a lot. Right now, it's time for our favorite segment, You Believe in What? 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 Did we ever make music for this? No. No, we, no, we I, just always say it stupidly. We just like say it that. dumb. We yeah. really shouldn't. Explain. We should make some music. Okay. Well, you can you can say it on the thing. If you oh, want. cool. Thank you. Yeah. I'll need your fucking permission. Now, here's a here's some channeled information. This is uh, from oh, January. An it's an update though. It's an Ascension update from the Galactic Federation of Light. And I just thought this was uh, worth exploring because uh, people so good do news, actually everybody. believe this. So the Akalone Palladian High Council, channeled by Artemis Pax, ground crew, the Galactic Federation of Light. So this is Artemis Pax, I guess, is the channeler. Okay. Yeah, and they then are he channeling to the psychic. I, I guess the Akalone Palladian High Council. I, is, is she channeling the entire High Council, or is this the leader of the I High think, Council? I think they just channeled the message from the High Council. Okay. Is the person who wrote this actually a doctor? Uh, They're a doc- they doc- have a doctorate in channel. This is the person who blogged it, Dr. Lisa Galliner. Doctorate of Divinity. Yeah, I mean, anybody can say they're a doctor nowadays. It's pretty easy. Yeah. If you have the internet, you can say you're a doctor. I'm a doctor. On yeah, my, uh, Dr. Jared. On my yeah. Disney Dr. J- I prefer Dr. J. On the Disney Pass, I am Dr. Lauren. Okay. Yeah, you just put that down. Yeah, I just told him and they didn't check it. That's official. Yeah, now I'm Dr. Yeah. Lauren. And if they don't call you that, they're <clears throat> sexist. Yeah, it's, it's really sexist when they don't call Since that. the hour of your planet's liberation and ascension is drawing near, we would like to give a shout-out, as you say, to our ground crew. This channel came to our attention nearly a decade ago in your time. What drew us to her was a combination of her passion for truth, as well as a wide array of knowledge she had gathered, including oh, is it, is it topics like science, spirituality, metaphysics, and a deep understanding of society, culture, and human psychology. Oh, it's Why? Oprah. Yeah, so, it's Oprah. So this channeler, the, the, so the message to the channel, channeler uh, just so happens to start with high praise of the channeler. Yeah, sure. He totally didn't add that in himself. Why does the the high council sound like a racist like lady who collects cats? Like, I just wanted to give a shout out, as you say. Like, what the fuck? She has also applied us with so many questions over the years, which has helped greatly to illuminate the gaps in your knowledge and experience. Oh, I see. Um, 
Artemis Pax, the channeler. That's the channeler. That is. That's who they're talking about. That's right now. the name they've given her. Oh, okay. Because Dr. Lisa Gallano, I just looked her up. She also claims to be a medium, so I'm guessing that's the. So the, she's also Artemis Pax. Yeah, I guess that's the name they give her. Okay. <laughs> the way sure. we work with our. <laughs> sure. The way we work with our channel is a collaboration, bringing together her knowledge and our own. Our hope is that we can make more clear and more tangible various topics that seem very esoteric to many. Spirituality and consciousness are scientific in nature, but as a lot of it involves subjective experience, it can be difficult to observe, predict, and measure via standard scientific means. But it is possible to look at the entirety of the objective, rational truth, as well as the subjective experiences of many individual consciousnesses on your world. What? What? what I think they're that? saying okay. that, that, uh, that, like, I, I guess. This, <laughs> you can't even They're, they're saying uh, sometimes people feel certain ways about things. Yeah, and, and that's uh, and that's okay. Yeah, and that's fine. And that's fine. You can we can go off of other people's experiences. Yeah. Sometimes it ain't like it is, but it do. Yeah, we can't <laughs> tell as as third party observers. We can't tell how to feel about stuff. So we use Artemis. Uh, Artemis she can Rex tell here. us how to feel. <laughs> yeah, and then that uh, is what they just said. She'll tell us how to feel good about stuff. We are, in essence, trying to marry spirituality and science into one coherent and cohesive whole so you can understand the big picture better. Well, coherent, they failed at that. Science and spirituality are not incompatible. Spirituality is scientific, but it is science you don't yet fully understand. Your scientific establishment relies on the scientific method in order to ascertain what is true. But this method is limited by several factors, including the need to be able to construct predictable and repeatable experiences, experiments on any phenomenon, natural or supernatural, that exist. If a phenomenon can, cannot be controlled, it is impossible to conduct inspir- experiments on it. Correct. Theoretical physics is different, however, as most of the hypotheses come from the construction of mathematical equations that make predictions about the nature of your reality. However, these explorations are all limited to what can be perceived by your five primary senses. This leads to a lot of confusion about all of the possible realities and expressions of creation and existence that can be experienced. Sure. What? <coughs> so I guess she's saying that uh, you got to use not lo- love to make science. I don't know. <laughs> you got to. What the hell she's talking about? You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Know when to fold them. No, but like. Turn the page. What about math? Like, is math limited to our five primary? No, she said we can use math somehow. No, yeah, you can use you math, can, but you can. Use like, you math. you use math, but you're not seeing the whole thing because you don't know how those numbers feel, man. And you man. can't control those numbers. Yeah, those. That's just like your opinion about math, man. man. So I guess she's saying Dude. theoretical physics is cool, but regular science is not good enough. I guess yeah. so. You know, you know what's you know what's missing from your science, Earthlings? A little bit of God. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening to your reality is unprecedented in human history. The fact that relatively few of your fellow human beings know what is happening is surprising to us. We now understand much better what the various sorts of resistance to new reality thinking are. Because you are limited by your 3-slash-4D, three spatial dimensions and one dimension of time, in quotes, I know what yeah, that means, uh, consciousnesses and perception, it is difficult for many to imagine what a shift to 5D consciousnesses might, consciousness might entail. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so we're going to go in a different direction? God, I mean, they really just are talking down to us, aren't they? I know. 
fucking pompous asshole. Yeah, now they give us now they give it, now these aliens they give us this shitty fucking Wizard of Oz metaphor. Here's the simplest way for us to describe it would be to use a metaphor from your popular culture. You re you reality at this time your reality he at is this not time misreading that is uh, the equivalent of a black and white Kansas in your classic film The Wizard of Oz. Did they give the year? <laughs> classic film Wizard of Oz. The, no, Lauren, this is saved. a current pop culture reference yeah the cyclone in that film is what many of you have referred to as the event which should be occurring in the next several months of your time this is in january and i what it's i don't know august now what nuclear war <laughs> no, like, maybe, it's the, maybe it's the eclipse yeah maybe it's the eclipse is gonna do it i'm sure that's what oh man say. superpowers See, but I'm then why didn't they mention it in this yeah i'm surprised we haven't heard about the eclipse yet yeah it's gonna be our 5d ascension the event will feel like a whole of humanity has been transported to another realm. Indeed, Oz, in full-blown color, and yes, the wicked witches, the dark forces, will be put out of business in the process. We are, we would like to say, not the wizard, though there are many beings on your world wearing masks. But, yeah. the, good, right. but the good witches of the North and South, our job is to guide humanity towards a wonderful new beginning. That sounds like something the Wizard of Oz would say. Yeah, the yeah. Wizard would totally say that shit. Don't Many of you are on the yellow brick road already. The Emerald City could be described as your 5D destination. But, but not your you 5D destination? Yeah, I don't know. But none of you will be trying to use the ruby slippers to get back to Kansas. 5D, like Oz, is a magical, miraculous place. You have I all been in a desert of unfathomable proportions. Many of you are dying of thirst and starvation. But there is an oasis on the horizon, and no, it is not a mirage. 5D reality is indescribable in your languages and inexplicable given the limitations of your current 3-slash-4D perception. Imagine, though, what is referred to as the Flatlander example. A 2D being can't perceive a third dimension, which all of you take for granted. Anything that occurs in 3D would seem like magic to beings who only perceive two dimensions. Uh, so wait, oh, so we're gonna skip the fourth dimension, just go straight to the fifth dimension. Technically, we already perceive the fourth yeah, we, dimension. Yeah, we perceive the fourth dimension. Oh, uh, do we? Time, because it's like th the three dimensions of space, and then so like, like your house is a is part of that third dimension. But I can imagine myself being there tomorrow. I can make that happen, and I can remember when I was there last. Also, movement. So we do perceive time. Movement is the fourth oh. dimension because without we perceive time, time we as moving in one direction. Yeah. So, or you can't have movement without time, is what I'm saying. So we're four-dimensional beings, then? Yeah. Yes. Huh. Because we can perceive time. Because if we were only 3D, we'd never Everything move. they taught you in elementary school was bullshit. Uh, bullshit. There are other things you might have di difficulty wrapping your heads around, like alternate perceptions of what you might call time. Okay. What we would like to assure you is that ascension into a 5D reality will be more glorious than any of you can imagine. You will all, for instance, experience positive changes to your bodies. Your reality will be flooded with divine love, which will make everyone feel amazing. Oh, thank God. Your galactic neighbors will also be involved in lifting you up even further, and you will see a technological, spiritual, and societal and cultural transformation of your civilization like nothing you have ever contemplated or imagined. We're going to become luminous beings. Will this be legal at this I, point? I would imagine, yeah. Probably. So I'm just hoping. The transition has been a it has been in progress now for several decades of your time and is now finally coming to fruition. In the forthcoming transmissions, we will reveal more details about what this shift looks like from your point of view. In the meantime, continue to educate yourselves and consider using the Oz metaphor as a way to explain what is happening to others. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, you won't sound crazy. Yeah, you won't sound <laughs> Not like at all. some weird 
metaphysical assholes. beings are we? You know, at first I was like, wow, they've really played out this fucking Oz metaphor. And now I feel like they haven't flushed it out enough. Where's the Tin Man in all this? Where's the lion? Where are the flying monkeys? Where are the flying monkeys? Yeah, Oz had flying monkeys. Yeah, where's it the, wasn't all good. Well, yeah, yeah what's the... Uh, where's what's the lollipop guild? Where's the, you know, yeah, where's the munchkins? Where's the... Uh, where's the munchkins were neutral. Where's the munchkin that hung themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Shit wasn't good for him. It's obviously not fleshed out enough at this point. We need everyone to be prepared as possible, and each of you can do a lot to assist us. As always, we love you and shower our blessings and abundance upon you. In love and light, the Alkalon Palladian High Council, member of the Galactic Federation of Light, channeled by Artemis Pax, ground Breaker crew of, of Planetary chains, Liberation Mother Front. of Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> Runner of this PayPal account. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. This person claims they're a real doctor. Not a doctor. What is that? That's like a TV company. I yeah, think that's their slogan. Is not. Is, it's called like doctor, doctor something, not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the the one that uh, puts up Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's our you believe in what. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the yes. show. Remember to check us out on Facebook uh, by searching for Mysteriousnesses, and uh, email us at mysteriousnessespc at gmail.com and check us out on Bubba Army Radio every Saturday at six. And uh, hopefully they'll let us do a live one of these soon. Dude, that'd be we, fun. We did a live one of uh, Something Planet, and that went really good. So it'd be cool to do a live mysteriousnesses, uh, so you guys can, you know, like call in. Uh, I just want to read. Talk to us. I just want to read the first sentence off Dr. Lisa Gallardo's Facebook page. Please the, friend her. The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Hashtag the Resistance Memes and Movements Division. Good God. Social justice warrior at the Resistance. Activist Ugh. at Planetary Lightwork. She actually calls herself a self social justice warrior, unironically. Yeah, <laughs> as as of the memes division. Of the memes division. Okay. Yeah. Studied advanced spiritual training at Modern Mystery School Canada. <laughs> Wait, she, they have a magic she went school? to a mystery school. Modern Mystery School Canada. That sounds great. We should go take a seminar there yeah. or something. That would be the coolest. We'll go shit audit ever. some classes. Yeah. yeah. Get van van driving one hundred and one. <laughs> All right. How to teach your dog to talk. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening, and have a great week. <laughs>